following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Happy April Fool's Day. And if you know me well, you would think this is like my personal national holiday. Except I take I, I take April Fool's Day as like pranking amateur hour. Like those that are known as pranksters, you don't do it on April Fool's Day because everybody's expecting it. Now, I did have a little something in mind, but DG... David G, who's usually here on the show, our number three, uh, he had to bail out. Uh, he's going to be uh, doing some PA announcing at some Manhattan softball games. So we couldn't be here today, and that kind of just that ruined the plan. But I think it's uh, maybe I'll swing it around for next year. I don't know. I, I'm not a big April Fool's guy. I, I mean, I appreciate a good joke. I'm just not going to be the one pulling the pranks. Even though I did have one in mind today, it wasn't going to be some elaborate thing. It was, you know... Nobody's going to be getting their head shaved or anything like that. I mean, well, I I may get my head shaved later, but that's just par for, you know, every couple of weeks. Let it grow out. Let's see what it looks like. No, you don't want to see that mess. No. You also aren't going to try to get me back for putting your name in an M&M track at all, I take it. Now, my girlfriend has been um, all day long. Waiting to see? Trying to get me on something. She... she barged into the bedroom this morning and was like oh my god somebody knocked the windows out of your car i was like i knew right away oh wow i was like nice try and now she's trying to get me for something else and it's uh, i'm trying to like play along a little bit you have to wake up pretty early to get old mitch on april fool's day what was that voice yeah you know trying to do something different was that like troy in 15 years no thank god i i hope not I hope not either. My goodness. Welcome into the game, Mitch Fortner. Troy Coverdale just giving you a hard time. Sage Williams is with us as well. And we're on for an hour and a half. K-State baseball coming up at 5.30 as we have a top 10 team in town. Oklahoma State ranked sixth in the country. How about this? Uh, head coach Pete Hughes, 8-7 and seven against top 10 teams in the Big 12 at Toyton Family Stadium in the three previous years. Really just two out of the three because okay. did not play a conference record or conference season in 2020. To kick off today's show, we are pleased to be joined by none other than Kellis Robinette from the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle. Kellis, has anybody got you with a prank today? Uh, I mean, a prank, yeah. I got four young kids at home and they uh, treat April Fool's Day like it's freaking Christmas. So, <laughs> uh, I mean... I go down to my office today, and they had uh, thought it was funny if they took a bunch of my socks and underwear and threw them all over my computer and stuff. That's I like that. That's funny. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's no fooling. You know, I try to tell them that it's April Fools. You're supposed to make me think something's happening when it's not. Not just you know, uh, <laughs> pulling pranks on me left and right or messing up my my closet. But uh, they did that. One of my uh, my oldest son tried to. Uh, he saved a varsity donuts box and tried to act like he'd gone out in the middle of the night and bought, bought a bunch of donuts. 
it's like, here, dad, you want some? I'm like, oh, you got donuts last night, huh? It's like rocks inside. I love it. Uh, my my other son had the same thing. He said he had a he had got a he had been saving some popcorn for me in a in a tin and open it up and nothing in there. So um, I mean, I mean, I I saw them all coming. There was no fooling, but it, it it's just been torture nonstop. I, they're about to get home from school. I'm sure it'll pick back up again here in a few minutes. <laughs> You got four Ashton Kutchers living in your house there, Kelly. Like, I, I love I lo- the, the socks and underwear all over the office, I think is amazing because as a kid, I, I, I don't know about your kids, but kids typically make messes, messy rooms, whatever. So maybe that's like the time to get away with it. Just throw clothes all over the place and hey, oh, hey, it's a prank, April Fools and get away with it. Did they clean it up or did you? Uh, well, no, that, that, I mean, they know how to play it. I had to clean it up. So <laughs> there it is. They're, they're pretty advanced in their age. I, I will say the one person they got pretty hard was our, our three-year-old. When he woke up, they pulled the donuts, the no donuts prank on him. And he was beside himself crying on the floor that we didn't actually have donuts. So they got him pretty good on that one. Kellis Robinette here on the show. He is a big fan of USA soccer. Of course, who isn't? And the men's national team a few days ago officially qualify for the World Cup in Qatar. That's going to be coming up in uh, November and December of this year. Uh, Kellis, we got the group announcements earlier today by FIFA. The United States is in Group B, along with England, Iran, and the winner of the last European playoffs. So it's going to be Wales, Scotland, or Ukraine. I mean, that's... That's not too bad, right? What was your reaction to that? Not too bad? I mean, yeah, I, I like it. It's not the easiest. If you're going to pick sure. any any group to be in, you'd want to be with, with Qatar or Qatar or however the heck you say it. I believe um, it's Qatar. But sh- Qatar, okay, yeah, yeah. But short of that, I mean, um, you're not in the same group as uh, I think uh, Germany and Portugal were in, were in one, something like that. Um, I don't want no part of that group. Um but yeah, this one, you know, this one looks, uh, you know, kind of in the middle. Um, the last time the United States was paired with England in a World Cup group, they actually won the group, um, and uh, yeah, went to the knockout round. So I'll, I'll hope that's a little bit of good juju for them. I admittedly, I admittedly don't know a ton about Iran, um, but you know, I mean, come on, USA versus Iran in the World Cup. I got to be thinking the, the U.S. has got a pretty good shot of winning that game. And, the other team is coming in as like a you know a play-in type of team. You see in the NCAA tournament, um, they've uh, I've watched the USA whoop up on Scotland before. Um, none of those other teams scare me. So I mean they're going to have to go out and win the games and, and do what needs to be done to move on to the knockout rounds. But that's uh, they've been given a path where they can do it. They're certainly not in the group of death. So I'm okay with it. If I remember correctly, Iran like they the United States actually played them in a World Cup in the 90s and that was like the year i think it was like 98 right i'm thinking it was iran the year that the united states finished like dead last in the world cup do you do you remember that uh vaguely yeah my memory's a little bit fuzzy but i do remember (laughs) that 98 year was just embarrassing for the united states and of course when they played england and they won that it was a win right that was the same year was that the same world cup landon donovan had that game winner it was so they they tied England, um, they tied Slovenia, and then mm. they beat uh, or did they beat Slovenia? Yeah, whoever they beat, 
uh, that's when Landon Donovan had the uh, the epic last second goal that uh, probably has gone down as the most iconic goal in U.S. history. So, yeah, but they, they won that group by goal differential. So it was uh, it turned out to be a good thing. This is a question for everybody, even Sage, if you want to get on this. Do you guys know where Qatar is? Like, if, on a map, could you point it out at all? <laughs> I mean, Middle East, uh, other than that, no. <laughs> it's, almost, it's like a little panhandle off of uh, Saudi Arabia, like on the, uh, the northeast border. And, it, like, if, if I could compare it to, like, where it would be in the United States, it is like the southern tip of Texas. So you can imagine, ah, okay. yeah, you can imagine like how hot it gets there, and it's the reason why they're playing it in the fall and not the summer. It's because it gets so hot in Qatar. Mm-hmm. Because around that time, if they were to play it in what would it be, I don't July or August, right? Isn't that when it's usually played the the World Cup? It would be an average of a hundred degrees, hundred and five degrees there in Qatar. Now they'll just have to deal with eighty five for a high. So. Uh, that, that'll be fun to see the United States back in the World Cup. Now, Kellis, in 2026, if Kansas City gets a World Cup match and the United States is not in it, would you still go? I mean, yeah, if I could get tickets uh, without, you know, chopping off my arm to get them. Yeah, definitely I'd go. Um, how often do you get a chance to, to go to a World Cup? I've never been to one. So For they sure. come here. Um yeah, it wouldn't really matter to me who's playing. I would I would try as hard as I could to go, um, but uh, I would try even harder if it was the U.S., I could tell you that. All right, enough of the soccer talk. Shout out to Mike Dabini. Appreciate what he does for K-State soccer. Now, uh, K-State basketball um, continues to get interesting. I, I do want to start with the staff, and because uh, this is the first time I think we've talked to you in a couple, of, at least a couple of weeks here, Kellis. So as we've seen the roster dwindle down because of the transfer portal, names keep being added to the uh, staff under Jerome Tang. So you have uh, Yurik Malagi, who's named as associate head coach earlier today. Uh, of course, the, the chief of staff, and I love the title, for Marco Born out of Alcorn State. And then Dream Dowling from North Texas. Heavy hitters? Very. Uh, would you give it the uh, the approval that the uh, the staff that's being now evolved around Jerome Tang is it a pretty a job well done there by Jerome Tang? I mean, I, I like the first two names. Um, Jerome Tang is going to want to recruit Texas as hard as he can, and if that's your goal, um, bringing in a guy like Yurik is a really great first step. He's coached at darn near every single school in Texas. Uh, looking at his resume, I. I think it's SMU, AM, Houston, Texas, Texas Tech. Um, it's crazy, just about the only place he hasn't coached is Baylor. Um, so, him, him and Tang have gone way back coaching against each other, um, you know, becoming friends as uh, peers in the business and whatnot. Um, and I know that when uh, they were in the uh, interview process with Gene Taylor and his advisors, you know, when they, they asked, hey, who do you think you might be able to bring in as a uh, assistance on your staff he threw out um Yurik's name and that really impressed him uh, almost to the point that they thought maybe uh you know he was exaggerating a little bit um do you think he could really bring him in but to lock him up really fast and solidify you know a one-two punch in texas with, with him and jerome tang he's worked there forever uh, very promising because through the years kansas state in all sports has gotten some really great players out of texas deuce vaughn is the guy on the football team right now Yurik mentioned today 
uh, Wesley Iwundu, Thomas Gibson, Marcus Foster, even though he was only two years, incredible player while he was in Manhattan from Wichita Falls, Texas. So finding more of those guys who were maybe a smidge overlooked in Texas, getting them to come up to Kansas State, um, going to be a very big thing. And I like the other two guys you mentioned too. Um, he knows them. To convince a guy who is an associate head coach at Alcorn State to leave that job and come here to be a you know an ops guy um, shows how much he believes in, in what Jerome Tang is doing. So I like it. The, the only thing they really need left, I think, is um, somebody who, who knows how to recruit in the Kansas City area, somebody who can help them get guys locally. Um, I don't know that you can completely go Texas. And uh, I don't know a ton about you know their offensive and defensive philosophies. But, um, I mean, so, so far, yeah, it, it looks good. Speaking with Kellis Robinette of the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle, we find out yesterday Nigel Pack is in the transfer portal. There's now five scholarship players now in the portal with the announcement also of Surrey Lewis, who's now in the portal. Now, I, just from reading reactions on social media, it feels like it's it's a pretty common reaction or a uh, a similar reaction, I should say, between the fans of K-State where it's kind of two things. Uh, you know, you're disappointed to see the news, you're ha- you know, but you wish him the best, things like that. But also I'm sure there's emotions out there of being mad, uh, maybe a little bit of betray. I don't know. Like, It's kind of wide-ranging, I'm sure, but it's a punch in the gut, certainly to the roster. Were you surprised to see his name pop up yesterday? Um, yes and no. Um I, I took it as a good sign that he might stay, that he was one of the players who showed up for his introductory news conference. And not only that, he was one of the players who volunteered to speak with media about him. Um, it was very complimentary. So he really liked his resume, thought that um, if, uh, you know, Kansas State's core group of players came back, he thought that they had what it would take to get to the NCAA tournament right away under Tang. So I thought that was a very promising sign, but um, also – you know, it, it struck me as um, interesting that he also mentioned when I asked him about, you know, Bruce Weber departing. Um, he seemed pretty upset about it, um, said that he came there to play for Bruce Weber. It was disappointing that he couldn't finish out his career with him, even though he, he liked, you know, what he, what he knew of Tang so far. So I kind of knew that if uh, things didn't go perfectly in those first, uh, in that first week of workouts with the staff and everything, yeah, you know, the window might open for him to leave. Um so in that regard, it, it's it's not shocking. Um, you know, they're not they're not really keeping anybody from the old staff uh, to help them transition along. You know, maybe that's where keeping Shane Southwell would have helped, something like that. Um, they went the other way. He's already seen some of his friends transfer and go elsewhere. Um, I, I think just you know, this is me speculating here. He hasn't told me this, but I, I think growing up in Indiana, he always probably wanted to play at Indiana or Purdue. They didn't recruit him. Kansas State did. Um, and now that the, you know the, the coaches who recruited him here and believed in him aren't here anymore, there's nothing super strong keeping him in Manhattan. So maybe he wants to explore those opportunities. Um, I, I see. I see it from both sides. Not shocking. Certainly disappointing if you're a Kansas State fan because if you could have kept him, you could have kept Marquise Noel, who I, I think is definitely staying. Um, and you keep the core of that team that uh, was coming back. You just add a, add a nice big man, a nice transfer to their uh, right in contention for you know the postseason in year one. Uh, but without Pack, you really got to hit that portal hard, and we'll, we'll see how quickly Jerome Tank can find some guys to come in here and play his style of basketball. 
The five scholarship players that are now in the portal, you have Carlton Lingard, Lucas Supke, Selton Miguel, Nigel Pack, and Surrey Lewis, and then Marquise Noel, Ish Masood, Davion Bradford, Casey Ziegu, Max Edwards, Logan Landers are still with the team. I, I, I kind of see it as like you know two different things here. Other than Nigel, like the other names I just mentioned, also through Drew Honus in there, who's a walk-on, he is in the transfer portal as well. Other than Nigel, I mean, it's to me, it's like not exactly a tough group when it comes to talent to replace, but the numbers are starting to add up, right? Uh, which still not a surprise to see a whole bunch of guys leave with the change of coach. But is I mean, do you see it as maybe pressure adding up now for this staff to to fill those spots? Especially we you know, we heard earlier today, Yurik uh, uh, Kirch, K- excuse me, Coach Yurik uh, Malagi told us earlier today he wants six quality guards. I mean, it's a pretty solid number mm-hmm. there. Um, but uh, is pressure adding up? Do you think? Uh, I think it is. I mean, I, I agree with you. Pack is the only real gut punch in there. If you take him out um, and you're just saying four guys are transferring, I don't think people would really, you know, be freaking out about that. You, you want in this situation, given that Kansas state only won 14 games last year, you want the new coach to have some flexibility um, and the ability to go reshape the roster and with his own vision um, and, you know, five necessarily isn't too many transfers, but when you're losing your best player, that's when you start to cringe a little bit because, um, you know, it's a lot harder to replace a guy like Nigel Pack than it is a guy like Siri Lewis. Um, I personally think it would have been nice if Selton Miguel would have stayed too. I think um, even though he hadn't developed quite as much as some fans would have liked, he still had a nice ceiling uh, during his last couple years. But, again, not impossible to replace. Um, the, the pressure is on, it is on them, though, because uh, without Pack. If they want to, you know, be a team that can compete for any kind of postseason next year, they they've they gotta go. They can't they can't go high school route. They gotta go transfer portal. They gotta bring some guys in who can make immediate impacts, and uh, it's gonna be a challenge. You know, Jerome Tang. The one thing he said in the in his press conference that made everybody hoop and holler was, "I'm not here to rebuild. I'm here to elevate." Uh, well, I can tell you right now, he's facing the rebuild. Yeah, no doubt about that. I agree 100 percent there, Kellis. Uh, one more for you. And that comes with the transfer portal and the list of names we've seen pop up from social media um, about the uh, offers case that is thrown out there so far. Uh, we, we learned today that uh, I, I suppose you could call it maybe the first loss for Jerome Tang and staff with Longwood transfer Justin Hill going to Georgia. Do you have a favorite on the list that it would be like at the top of your list to go out and recruit and uh, try to go pick up? Not necessarily. I mean, if you if you could get like that uh, that that point guard um, who just left Illinois, I forget his name, but Curbello? if you get him, that would be yeah, yeah, Corbello. That would be. Um, I mean, shoot, that almost be like a you know player for player trade there. That would be uh, a big time get if they could get him. Um, but there's just so much out there. You know, at this time last year, um, I had no idea who Marquise Noel was. I'd never seen Ishmael Masood play. I knew who Mark Smith was, um, but didn't think he was uh, an option for Bruce Weber to go get. Um, and lo and behold, he brings in three guys who make the team quite a bit better um, right away. So I, I unfortunately don't have you know a, a favorite transfer out there. Um, I mean, shoot, just go. Uh, LSU was pretty good last year. Their entire team is in the portal right now. Maybe yeah. go go get some of those guys to come over to Kansas State. Um, I don't know. It, there are a lot of options. Um, 
And that's kind of the beauty of the transfer portal is, uh, you know, it, it, it take, it takes away, but it can also give back. Yeah. The portal approaching just about 1100 players now, uh, into the portal. Uh, I saw 11 or I saw 1050 yesterday and it went up about 50 from the day before. So it's kind of a guess. I haven't seen a latest number, but I'm sure it's getting up there to, uh, 1100 with a lot more guys jumping in as of today but uh Kellis good stuff I really appreciate your time looking forward to seeing what's coming up next in your writing on the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle appreciate it we'll uh talk to you soon all right Mitch uh good luck avoiding any April Fool's jokes the rest of the day (laughs) I appreciate that and I appreciate it greatly because I've I've been getting texts not happy with me exposing their pranks (gasps) just finding out over the air that uh their pranks did not work all right Kellis we'll talk to you soon all right, see ya. Kellis Robinette of the Kansas City Star and Wichita Eagle at Kellis Robinette. Go follow him. I'm sure you already do anyway, but uh, just in case you don't, go check him out. All right, uh, so Kellis didn't have a favorite name when it comes to those that have been offered from K-State in the portal. I do. And that's coming up next here on The Game. Sage, I believe we talked about this bed music and how we were going to burn it in a fire and it never comes back again. It's April Fool's. Oh, oh, that's the excuse today. (laughs) What's it going to be on Tuesday? That's right. Shrug your shoulders. No excuses. All it takes is just a hit of that delete button there, bud. I might do it uh, Monday. I'm busy tonight. I got things to do. Speaking of that, K-State baseball, we are less than an hour away, folks. Pre-game starting at 5.30. The Cats hosting the Pokes of Oklahoma State, the sixth-ranked team in the country. It's a 6.02 first pitch right here on News Radio KMA. And also uh, head out to the ballpark. It's going to be some pretty decent weather. Nothing like, as far as I know, nothing like what we had on Tuesday and Wednesday. Brutal, windy Chilly. We had rain on Tuesday. Long games. It wasn't exactly the best environment, but uh, this weekend shouldn't be too bad. Now, before we continue on with the sports, I got to share this. So, (laughs) I mentioned before the break, you know, my girlfriend, so sweet, the best, um, was has been trying all day to prank me, and it hasn't been working because I know what today is. And uh, just not going to fall for it. I mean, it's not her fault. I, I'm just prepared for it. You know what I mean? But then she starts sharing this uh, group text with me that she has with her family. And she pulls off. I'll just read the text that she sent to her family. She's like, well, there's no good way to put this. So I'll just come right out with it. One of her brothers just had a kid. Okay. A few days ago, it right. mentions the uh, the kid's name. Says that kid won't be the youngest grandchild. Baby Fortner coming in October. The first text she gets back from her mom, you better call me with four <laughs> exclamation points. Now, the whole fake pregnancy, that has been a prank that's been done for ages, right? Sure. But to get your whole family with it, like every I, I, everybody fell for it. To, to pull that one off, I got to give it to her. Got to give it to her. That's a job well done. 
played it right. Phrased it really well. Are you sure it's a prank? Yes. <laughs> you're you're ironclad sure that it's a prank. 96% sure. <laughs> Those are good odds. Oh, I, I enjoy that stuff. Now, it, when it gets multiple people, there's she has two brothers, mom and yep. dad. Yep. If it gets everybody. And it upstaged was well a newborn in the process. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who? What, wait, who? What's going on? All right, let's talk recruiting here. Um, so, Coach Tang and staff just going full bore. Transfer portal, like Kellis said, absolute necessity mm-hmm. with Nigel Pack now in the portal as well. And we're approaching 1,100 men's basketball players in the portal, which is just an insane number. The portal is going nuts right now. But it's like it's not really – too far off of what last year was. Keeping, Maybe it is, but it doesn't seem that way. But think about the calendar this way. We haven't even played the national championship game, and there are already 1,100 names in the transfer portal. Well, look at it this way. So last year, of course, Bruce Weber gets a head start, I suppose, in going full bore into recruiting the transfer sure. portal because early exit, no postseason, sure. and you're off to recruiting because it's your last chance to save yourself. And uh, I, I still feel like did a pretty pretty solid job in the portal. I, I, I don't think you can argue that. But look at this timetable. It was a year ago yesterday Mark Smith officially transferred ah, to K-State. Mm-hmm. It was a year ago today that Marquise Noel came into K-State from the transfer portal. And it, uh, coming up on April 15th, that's when Ish Masood came to K-State out of the transfer portal. Now, I would say with so many guys in the portal, you can be patient. You can still get plenty of guys to come to K-State that'll put together a solid team. Now, you can say that uh, Coach Tang did suffer his first loss, I guess, Mm -hmm. in the transfer portal when it comes to actually going after a guy and getting beat out by somebody else. But Longwood transfer guard Justin Hill is going to Georgia. There are a few other schools out there, and K-State was one of them, trying to get him to come to Manhattan, Kansas. But he was a 14 points a game guy this past season. He also had five rebounds, four assists a game, shot 41% from the field, 33% from three-point range. A pretty decent player on a team that kind of came out of nowhere this year, made it to the NCAA tournament by winning the Big South, and uh, they, they were bounced in the first round by Tennessee, but he did have a team-high 13 points. A really good player. That would have been a great addition to K-State. I don't think it replaces Marquise, or I'm sorry, uh, Nigel Pack. No. Uh, really doesn't feel anywhere close exactly, especially from the three-point shooting numbers. Did average 14 points a game, but uh, Nigel Pack averaging 17 points of a game, 17-plus. But, it, you know, it, it's one loss. It's not a big deal. And this Next message is to those fans that are already starting to lose it. Because I've seen a little bit of it. This isn't the fan base by any means. It's a small part. Calm down. We're just getting started. Give it some time. There's a lot of work that has to be done. A lot of recruiting has to be re- be done. This is a solid staff that's been put together. They can recruit. Give them time to prove themselves. Let's not lose it after just one guy. All right? Chill. It's almost getting to the point where 
fans react on this stuff almost like they do the NFL in terms of the offseason and how quickly all of that seems to move nowadays. At a point, aren't we all better off if we just take a deep breath and realize, wait a minute, we've got a Final Four to be played tomorrow, National Championship game on Monday night, catch our breaths just a little bit, and we'll see how things progress from there because we literally just started the month of April. Now, there's a, a list of guys that I still am pretty impressed about that if K-State could get a couple of them, it's a pretty solid start. A really solid start. I'm not going to go through the full list, but Justin Hill is off the board. However, there's a guy that was put on the board a couple of days ago that I am a huge fan of, and he is my favorite player that is currently on K-State's offer list out of the transfer portal. I've mentioned LSU transfer wing Brandon Murray, who is a great defender, coming off probably, I would argue, the best defensive team at least at the Power 5 level in LSU. Jackson State big, Javius McKinnis, who I was raving about a week or two ago because he's a crazy good athlete, 12-10 and 10 a game. But the big focus right now is you lose Nigel Pack, and now you got to find a way to attack harder in the transfer portal and somehow replace that. Right now, when it comes to who K-State has offered, your best shot, in my opinion is East Carolina transfer guard Tristan Newton. Now, he averaged 17.7 points per game last year. Five rebounds, five assists for the Pirates, which a 500 team last year in the American. All right, They weren't the best team, but he was a solid player on an okay team. Now, here's what I like about him. First of all, he is really sought after. There are dozens of teams after him. USC is in there. Houston, Florida, Arkansas, Ohio State, Memphis, UCF, Iowa State, Missouri, TCU, Colorado State, Wichita State. And there's way more than that. Wake Forest, Maryland, LSU, Georgia. They are all in there on East Carolina transfer guard Tristan Newton. It's going to be extremely tough to get him here. Right. But what I do like is he is a Texas guy. And, I mean, look at all these guys that are now on the staff. All Texas guys. I like the connection. Now, if you get up to Kansas, that's a maybe not exactly the full connection, but Texas guys recruiting to Kansas, maybe your best shot there. Also, he can score the basketball. He was good from three-point range, but not great, but good at 33.5%. That's all right. It's not, of course, Nigel Pack numbers, but that's all right. But what K-State also, I think, needs is a guard that can hit mid-range shots. And Tristan Newton is a mid-range guy. He can knock down shots. He can slash to the hoop. He can finish at the hoop, which is definitely needed. And he can hit threes. He shot 50% from two-point range this past season and he's a fantastic free throw shooter at 88 percent and he can draw fouls so I don't think if K-State was to land this guy I don't think anybody would be upset with this addition that would be a huge addition but we are 
what feels like early in the process. Mm-hmm. Coach Ting has not landed that first recruit yet. He probably won't be the first recruit. The odds are stacked against K-State to get him. But man, do I love his resume. He would be a monster get for K-State. But there's others out there. There's others out there. West Virginia guard Sean McNeil is on mm. that list. There's one I don't like, and Kellis actually brought him up. And that's transfer guard Andre Curbelo. He has not been the same since he suffered his concussion early this past season. True. He is a terrible three-point shooter. We're talking 17%. I mean, to me, he should be a backup at best. Now, I don't know, like, you know, maybe he could turn it around and be a better shooter all around going into next year, getting him back in the gym. Again, he had that concussion, just wasn't the same the rest of the year. But man, you need scores, and he is not really much of a scorer. Under 10 points a game, I don't know exactly where he's at, but it was those shooting numbers that just stood out to me, and man, were they bad. That is, I, I'm not a fan. I, I, I'm not a fan of Andre Curbelo. If you saw him play in the NCAA tournament or in the, uh, in the Big Ten tournament, mm-hmm. not so great. Really more of a defensive presence than an offensive guy. And a guy who can distribute the ball, but you're right, his shooting numbers are not anywhere where where you need them to be. He might be a guy that could back up Marquise. Eric Malagy said it earlier today, six solid guards to me, he is not one of them. And uh, <laughs> that's not the first recruit I think you want to win. That's definitely a backup to me, but still, early in the process, I love Tristan Newton. I love the LSU transfer in Brandon Murray. Javius McKinnis would be a great stretch five. He'd be more of a four here because he's only 6'7", so he's not exactly a post guy, but still would be a great addition and an improvement to what is already at K-State with the Bigs. A timeout, number one song of the day, coming up next. Hey, Mr. DJ, put a record on. I want to dance with my baby. I forgot to mention, Mark Smith is currently playing in the Reese's All-Star Game. Uh, He's playing for the Orange team. I don't see him out there right now. That's right now going on with 12 minutes to go on CBS Sports Network. Meanwhile, here on the number one song of the day, a song I've never liked. (laughs) From the year 2000, music by Madonna, four weeks at number one. Not a great representative of the new millennium. At least with this song. No, and really anything late career Madonna has not been worth a whole heck of a lot. But she has had a heck of a career. That she has. Singer-songwriter, actress from Bay City, Michigan. She is considered the queen of pop. She is. Uh, she's also 
pushed the envelope a little bit with her music mm-hmm. with bringing up social, political, sexual, religious themes, controversy, critical. But she has sold over 300 million records worldwide. Madonna is the best-selling female music artist of all time. She's the most successful solo artist in the history of the United States. Billboard Hot 100 chart. And she holds the record for the most number one singles by a female in Australia, Canada, Italy, Spain, and the UK. She even holds records with a revenue of over $1.5 billion in concert ticket sales. She is the highest grossing solo touring artist of all time. But I'm just not feeling this. No. I, 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 I brought it up today. I felt DG could tear it up with me, but um, <laughs> he bailed on us. No. She has tried to reinvent and be more EDM over the years, and it just hasn't fit. But it's a song that's been famous for multiple reasons. First of all, Madonna inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2008, 14 studio albums, 49 top 40 hits. And this was her last of 12 number ones. It's from her eighth album, Music. And she said the inspiration behind this song came from a Sting concert that she had attended at New York City's Beacon Theater. The audience was uh, well-behaved until Sting started playing those old police songs. And then the fans were a lot more into it. They came more together. Everybody was singing along, practically holding hands, she said. She said it really moved her. Now, another famous part about this song, I'd say there's there's two. Here's the first one, I should say. It's about the music video. The music video is famous because she's in a limo, going to clubs, enjoying the spoils of her success. But who is the limo? In the limo is the limo driver, Ollie G. Sasha Baron Cohen uh, yes. was in the music video. That really blew up when it came out. Also, Napster. Oh, yeah. Napster. Uh, they leaked this song before it came out. As a matter of fact, a few months before the song was released. That was the tipping point for musicians in Napster. There was already a, rep- a, repetition, or a, a reputation for Napster for a, being a brand, being a service that has leaked songs early. And they leaked this one early. So artists were like, all right, that's enough. You, you mess with Madonna. You're not going to mess with us. They started going after Napster after this took place. It went to, you know, there's multiple lawsuits, of course. Lars Ulrich from Metallica was a big voice of shutting down Napster as well. The, the stupid argument about that is that they went after Napster when it was people in the production houses that were leaking it. Napster was just the tool. I never used Napster. Really? Did, did you? Like, were yes. you big into Napster? I, I, I wasn't big into Napster, but I utilized it, sure. Illegally I mean, download music? I mean, come on. You're, you're talking about trying to download music over dial-up for crying well, out loud okay, at the so time. Napster, like, it, was it illegally downloading music if you used Napster? Uh, it depended on the music. 
Okay. There were some legal options available, but they were few and far between. Yes. Was it like LimeWire? Yes, it was. Sage, did you that, ever use LimeWire? No, before N- your time. Napster, Napster was a predecessor to LimeWire. Okay. Also about this song, uh, it used to be on Rolling Stone's top 500 songs <laughs> list in 2003. It was on the first list. Hasn't been on it since. Good. It was in the 400s. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of like 2010s music. But uh, I would imagine there's a few songs a little bit better than this. Oh, yeah. I just don't like the sound of it. It's way too auto-tune. Like you said, going into more the EDM direction obviously does not register with me. I've said multiple times EDM is not music. Sorry for those out there that like it. But to me, it's not. I like instruments in my music, but it's all done on a computer. No, thank you. Maybe a synthesizer once in a while, right? Might... Do you know anything about EDM? Very little. Okay. All right, let's wrap up the hour. So, <laughs> Troy's taking over for one segment, but we're going to hear a lot from Yurik uh, Maliki, who spoke with the media earlier today about recruiting, about being Manhattan, and how far back his relationship goes with head coach Jerome Tang. And they certainly go back a ways. I'm heading out to Toynton Family Stadium. Batcats and Pokes play a 6:02 tonight from Toynton Family Stadium. Troy and Sage, the show is yours. I'm out of here.